you know, when we're typically talking about like serving the needs of the world and in the context of church and Christianity, we often automatically default to go on mission to Africa, India, some third world country, um, or um, serve the poor, care for the orphan and the widow. And I want to tell you, those are all unbelievable callings and absolutely necessary for us as Christians to pay attention to. But sometimes serving the needs of the world means offering somebody a fair price and giving them the best possible service you can as you print their banner on three by five vinyl. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. So this has been something, this topic has been something that has been long heavy on my heart. Uh, when I think about uh, Christianity and business. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to go too much into my backstory, but I came to faith in 2006. Uh, I was already uh, running in the corporate world. I'd found some success, uh, particularly in sales and sales leadership. And um, by and large, that was pretty good uh, for me. Uh, like financially, I was successful for the most part. Uh, but what I recognized in hindsight was uh, because I was not um, serving God and didn't understand what my true calling was there, uh, I really struggled to do right. And I'm going to talk more about uh, that in a little bit too. Not that I was a terrible person or that I was unethical at all times or anything like that. It was just more of, I just, I didn't completely get it. And so that made it really hard for me um, to, to serve to the best of my ability, to be successful to the best of my ability, uh, to serve other people well uh, and all that. So, um, so that kind of started me off on this journey. Uh, I started my own business in 2011. Uh, I also uh, helped plant a church, myself and two other guys that we planted a church here in Southern California back in 2012. And so I served as a pastor of a church for 10 or eight years. Sorry, I stepped down in November of 2020 for a lot of different reasons. Um, and one thing that I used to say to everybody, uh, even during the time that I served as a pastor, I preached typically one to two times a month uh, from the pulpit and led discipleship uh, groups and, um, you know, uh, um, officiated weddings, uh, sat in a lot of counseling sessions, whether that was marriage or parenting or individual people. Um, and yet I still always said that I felt as though I had more impact for the kingdom of God in the business world than I did in the church. And that's not taking away from vocation in the church or um, a desire and a heart to serve in the church. Uh, but it just, it, it, you know, when you go to church, it's expected that you're going to um, uh, that you're going to hear the word of God. And hopefully, uh, if you are a part of a good, solid church, uh, when you go to church, you expect that you're going to be uh, loved on and cared for. And um, anyway, so it's just kind of like an expectation. But in the world out here, uh, in the business world, particularly, we don't often 
get that. We don't often, um, uh, at least not knowingly, uh, engage with other people that are like us um, and like us being that uh, we faithfully follow Jesus and we uh, desire to serve people in that manner. Anyway, so I just felt like it was time for me to uh, share a little bit of my heart on what I believe um, it looks like to succeed as a Christian in business today. Um, uh, we have an insane advantage. I mean, it is an incredible advantage that we have. I like actually feel bad for people that are not Christian because they don't have the same resources and support available to them that we do to us. I mean, good Lord, the God of this universe stands behind us as we go to battle in business every single day. He doesn't just stand behind us, though. He's also paving the way in front of us, and he has completely surrounded us. I mean, what an incredible, incredible advantage and gift that we have. And as we begin to serve God and know God and we start to see our gifts, I mean, man, we, we tap into those, and we had just have the, the ability to, to pour out so much. But I also know that those gifts can become a curse. Um, we live in a very polarized society today. I don't have to tell you that. I know that um, you you know that very well. Um, but you know, as we think of some of the um, most significant topics of culture today, or at least the ones that are being talked about the most, they're very, very polarizing. And some of them are completely antithetical to um, how we see God and how God calls us to see the world. And so it becomes very hard to navigate in the world today, um, more so to do business. It's like, we want to be able to do business. We don't want to hurt and offend people. We don't want to cross lines. We don't think we do. Um, and yet sometimes we do, or, and uh, that hurts people, um, either, um, because they're sensitive or because we were too mean. Um, and other times that hurts us. And I know that too well, as a matter of fact, this last year, and I've shared uh, with quite a few people that this year was, uh, particularly costly for me as the result of me living out my faith in the workplace, which is so interesting because I've been doing it for uh, 15, almost 16 years now. But for some reason, this last year, uh, people really decided that uh, this was the year they were going to cut me off, uh, to no longer do business with me, to no longer have a business relationship with me. And I just chalked that up to, it is what it is. I just, I can't, I can't not be me. Anyway, so the gifts can become a curse. Uh, especially when we're publicly talking about a lot of this stuff uh, in the workplace. Uh, I know that if you're an employee, uh, it's, it can be even more difficult to do that than if you own your business. Um, but again, there's just challenges all over the place. So what I want to do is, is I want to just spend uh, the next 20 minutes. Hopefully it's only going to take about that time. Again, I want to be respectful of time, but I want to take about the next 20 minutes. And I want to talk about three things, maybe a fourth one if we have time. The first one is, is I want to talk about knowing our calling and purpose. I think it's super important that we, um, that we continually remind ourselves of that, uh, particularly as, again, we go to battle every single day, and, and we're trying to do the best we can to honor God all the while, uh, be as successful as we can. Uh, and, and those two things aren't, um, aren't one and the same, and I'm going to address that in a little bit. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is uh, going to battle with the right firepower. 
Uh, we need to understand what we have available to us if we're going to go into battle every single day. So it's important that we understand uh, what's there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. Uh, uh, thirdly, I want to talk about um, having uh, hope and security in challenging times. Uh, we are in challenging times in general, right? We've, I, I already said, like in the world today, this is a brutal time uh, just to just to li- just to live in some sense. Uh, definitely, it's more difficult to be a Christian uh, today. And then that doesn't even count for the fact that uh, we have our own personal challenges. We have our own personal struggles. And so again, uh, there's just so much going on. And so we need to recognize the hope and the security we have in times today. Uh, and then. Uh, if I get to the fourth one, I think I will. Uh, I just want to uh, share a couple of practical thoughts uh, as we walk away. Uh, but this is this should be helpful for you. Again, just some reminders. You know, we may think a little bit different theologically. Um, so you know, uh, we may see the Bible a little bit differently in terms of uh, interpreting what something says. But I think that if you're here, uh, we are all going to stand on this ground in saying that um, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God and three persons. Uh, Jesus, being the son of the son of God, came down to this earth, uh, lived the perfect life, died the sinless death, rose again in order to save us from the sin that we committed against God and and have given us the opportunity then to live eternally with God. So I think we would agree there. Um, And hopefully we would agree that the Bible is, in fact, the word of God and the inerrant word of God. Um, So anyway, so that would probably be the equal uh, the equalizer or or just kind of like the equal foundation. But I know there's going to be some nuance in terms of some of the other things um, in the way that you believe the Bible kind of spells things out. And that's okay. Anyway, so uh, here we go. I want to jump right in. Knowing your calling and purpose. I think this is so important. Um, And. Uh, this obviously is far more than business, uh, but it, it informs so much of uh, um, of business, uh, of the the industry that we serve in, the role that we're called to, the way that we treat people. It's just it's so so important. But I don't think we spend enough time here. Uh, the church does not do a good job in general about talking about these things. Like the church doesn't do a great job. Uh, your local church probably doesn't do a great job of equipping you to go out into the world and do business. Um, if it does, be very thankful because uh, you're in the uh, the very, very small minority there. So um, calling and purpose. Um, these aren't necessarily in a particular order, but uh, there is one at the top of this uh, that is more important than anything. Uh, and it is first and foremost, our calling is to belong to Jesus and to pursue righteousness and holiness in order to glorify him. You can word that in some different ways, but we can't forget that. We can't forget that as we go to work, whether again, that's you get up and you go down to the coffee table or you punch on a keyboard in bed or you go into an office, whether you own it, you take a paycheck from it, whatever. First and foremost, we are called to belong to Jesus, to pursue righteousness, to pursue holiness. That's got to be our first bent every single day. That's got to be our our primary desire every single day. And then from that, then we start to get into, okay, so how how does this calling and purpose begin to work itself out? And so, you know, when when I say something as big as, um, you know, our calling and purpose is to follow Jesus and to pursue righteousness and holiness, it's like, yeah, but like, how does that work out? Well, I mean, that works out in the ways that we seek justice, in the ways that we seek healing, in the ways that we seek reconciliation, compassion, kindness, 
humility and patience. Like these are things that the word of God speaks to all the time. And, and the reason why these are so important and the reason that I resonate with them so much is business has such a significant opportunity to create conflict. Whether it's in the workplace with somebody that I work with or that works for me or I work for them, uh, with a client, with a colleague, with somebody on social media, there is just so many opportunities um, to, to, to face challenge um, or to lean into selfishness or self-serving um, ideas. Uh, desires, needs, efforts. And so again, we should remind ourselves in the book of Colossians um, uh, talks about this a lot, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, redemption, if we think about the fact that, and again, I, 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 I kind of feel like I'm preachy a little bit here, but I think it's helpful. And, and trust me, I promise to bring this home to, to very practical things uh, when you go to work tomorrow uh, but this is so, so important. I'm like, I'm trying to remind myself of this all the time. Um, you know, ultimately, um, Jesus, and I think I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later too, but like, um, you know, as he saved us, he didn't save us in order to just live a good life. He saved us to redeem us from the sin that we were born with. And, and part of us being saved is, is this idea of being redeemed. And so our story of redemption is, uh, in fact, then what goes out into the world to demonstrate to the world that Jesus is here to redeem them too. And so redemption occurs in the workplace through those things I talked about in seeking justice, in healing, in reconciliation, in compassion, in kindness, in humility, and in patience. And so I think that it's important that, again, we, we remember that, you know, um, when I go to work, um, at, like I'm a coach, right? And, and, and maybe like I get to cheat at this a little bit uh, because I am working to personally develop people, even when we're working on professional challenges, needs and whatever. But, um, you know, when I get into a, a roundtable discussion, I did this last Thursday with a prospective client and we're talking about uh, leadership development and management training. And um, uh, there is a host of leaders. This organization has grown rapidly over the last few years. Uh, they're located in a few different states. And so they are struggling while they're being, they're very successful financially. And the people that do believe in their culture believe in it very deeply. They're really struggling to be effective at communicating to one another. Um, setting good expectations, understanding where people are coming from. And so oftentimes when we're going fast and we're not taking the time to dig into those things, we just end up just kind of like dropping the hammer. You need to do this. It needs to be done by this time. If you don't, here's the repercussion. And I get it. I've been there. I probably do that once in a while now definitely to my kids. Um, and, and yet I, I, you know, I was sharing with them, they're not a Christian organization. And yet I said to them, like, you know, we need to, we need to, to, to be humble as leaders. We need to have patience with people and we need to seek to understand where they're coming from, where they struggle. It's not an excuse for the mistakes that they made, but if we don't understand where people are hurting or where people are struggling or where people are broken, how in the heck can we ever get them to a place of restoration and ultimately redemption? I mean, ultimately Jesus will redeem them if he has not already, but, but we have a part in that. 
And so we have this opportunity to 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 take the brokenness of somebody and and bring it to this place of restoration. Um, to to be compassionate, to be empathetic. Good Lord, to be kind. So that was a lot there, but you, you can see how quickly something so fundamental in our Christian faith can be overlooked so quickly. I mean, we would all say that Jesus came down to redeem us and ultimately to redeem the world, to restore what was destroyed in the garden back to the garden. But we forget that in the day to day because it's business or because we're going fast or because they're just a total jerk. There's so many reasons why that happens. So calling again, we are, we are, we are, we, we are reflecting this beautiful image of redemption that Jesus is doing. Uh, he's done through us and he is doing in the world. Another thing that we need to understand, if we're going to talk about Christianity and business and particularly how to, let's just say, get the most out of it uh, to be successful, you know, success, by the way, is, is just been demonized as it's, you know, if you're, if you're pursuing success, um, you know, you're just, it's all about the money. And really, success is just the accomplishment or the achievement of a pursuit or an aim. And so um, it's not just always about the money, but money's fine, too. Um, the, the, the church in general, uh, Western Christianity, and particularly in America, has been so distorted by the prosperity gospel, which says that Jesus or that God wants you to all be rich and wealthy. And if you just put it out there, it'll come back to you. Like, I don't believe in any of those things. Um uh, whatever. I don't want to get into too many nuance, but like that is, is not true um, in the whole picture of things. And yet, just because that's not true doesn't mean that as Christians, we should not pursue success and desire to be successful and work hard for success. So anyway, knowing your calling and purpose also means that we should see that God created work as a gift to us. You know, too often we, we think of work as punishment. You know, it's like Adam sinned. And so he was thrown out of the garden and had to go out and work the fields. But if you go back and read your Bible, you will see that previous to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, you will see that actually God called them to work, to work in the garden to have dominion over the garden, to lead. It was a good thing. We were created to do that. But so often, because work is frustrating, because there's challenging people, because it doesn't always produce the outcomes that we want, we end up seeing work as a curse. We end up seeing work as, as like the result of sin. No, God created us to work and it was a gift and it is good. It is good to do good work. So what are, what are a couple of things that knowing our calling and purpose would work out as, and then I'll, I'll move over to the, to the firepower side. I like talking about that too, but 
So if we're going to know our calling and purpose, we're going to stand firm in that idea that, you know, we've been called to belong to Jesus, pursue righteousness, pursue holiness, that we're to we're to insert that into, or we're going to, we're going to step into the world of business and we're going to do the best to serve uh, the best that we possibly can. Then there's a couple of things that that means. That means that every single day that we get up to go to work, we're called to serve the needs of the world. That means those close to us providing for our family, our friends, our, our employees, and those around us, but also to the, to the world at large. Now, again, when, when we when we typically would would make a statement like, um, and I and I'm overgeneralizing sometimes here, so just got to forgive me for that. But you know, when, when we're typically talking about like serving the needs of the world and in the context of church and Christianity, we often automatically default to go on mission to Africa, India, some third world country. Um, or um, serve the poor, care for the orphan and the widow. And I want to tell you, those are all unbelievable callings and absolutely necessary for us as Christians to pay attention to. But sometimes serving the needs of the world means offering somebody a fair price and giving them the best possible service you can as you print their banner on three by five vinyl. I mean, like, do you understand how desperately the world needs you to serve them in the capacity that God has called you to in the professional role that you're in? I can't, I I can't overstate that enough. God has called you to serve the needs of those that will come into your domain, to walk into your shop, to walk into your business, to answer your phone call. We're called to serve the needs of the world on behalf of the king of this world. What a gift. Frustrating at times, but what a gift. So God calls us to serve the needs of the world. God also calls us to use our gifts and our talents. When Romans 12 talks about the fact that we have this variety of gifts according to the grace given to us, I think about the fact that I'm like, holy cow, God has equipped me to see inside of others the things they cannot see inside of themselves, to bring those to the forefront, to allow them to see them to help mold and shape them into the best at whatever they desire to do. What a gift. God has gifted some of you to to be unbelievably meticulous in spreadsheets. God has gifted some of you to sit on the phone and patiently Listen as somebody berates you because they're so frustrated with their situation. God's called us to use those gifts and talents. Do not squander those things. But too often we do. Because we don't understand just how amazing those gifts are. And better yet, we don't understand the giver of those gifts. 
And three, this one's a little bit more loose, but God calls us to live out our truest desires, to live out the desires of our heart. Psalm 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I don't want to take that out of context. And I definitely believe that first and foremost means that taking delight in the Lord will give us the desire to love him, to follow him, to worship him and to pursue him. That's first. But it also means if you have some passion to do something with your hands, to do something with your head, to serve some community or to work in an industry, and it aligns with what God has called you to, and that delights your heart, God finds joy in that. Pursue that because God's calling you to that. All right. Number two, holy smokes. I'm running so far behind on time. That was my first thing. I guess I'm like back to being a pastor that just goes on way too long. Uh, uh, let, let me let me move through some of this. But I think that, that that's the foundation and that's so important. Those things we need to remind ourselves of first. Okay, second, going to battle with the right firepower. I talked about the fact that it's difficult. It's so hard to be a Christian. You know, I, I was at a conference this last week and I had probably three or four people come up to me, whisper to me uh, something to the effect of, hey, Ryan, it, 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 it kind of seems like, um, like, like you're a Christian. Are you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, we're, we're kind of afraid to open that door. And yet, the first tool, the first war weapon we have when going to battle in business today is community. Romans 12 says that the church as a whole, collectively, is one body, many members. I want you to be encouraged to go out and find other Christian sisters and brothers that will stand by you and support you. Heck, if you're here and we've never had a one-to-one -one conversation, I would love to encourage you, support you, and allow you into my life to do the same. Some of you that I see here, you have done that for me, and I thank you for that. But there is more of that to be done. Community is there for so many different reasons, to support, to encourage, to love, to lift up, to, to kind of knock down when we're getting a little bit too far ahead of ourselves. We need Christian community if we're going to step into the business world and be successful as Christians in it. We need that community. Number two, when I think about a weapon of warfare, the best one out there is the most powerful one. I think about power. And Romans says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and I. If you have come to faith in Jesus, the spirit of God lives in you. There is nothing more powerful. I mean, literally, God himself died and went into the ground. And the spirit of God raised him again. Think of the power that it took to raise God from death to life. That same power lives inside of us. I mean, that gives me, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remind myself of it enough, but that gives me the fire power, the boldness and the willingness just to step out in faith, to do the right thing, to push harder when I need to. 
to back off when I need to. The spirit living in us is, it is so powerful, but we so often forget that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a huge business presentation uh, or proposal discussion and haven't prayed about it. And I'm thinking, and I'm not even really talking about prayer in any of this, which is like so important, but um, I'm thinking to myself like, holy smokes, I get done with the presentation, the proposal. I'm like, I, I didn't even like talk to God about this. And yet the spirit's in me. If I would have just kind of aligned with that a little bit better, it probably would have been even better. And, and that's not to say that if I do that, that all of a sudden I'm going to start winning more deals, but it may. And if not, it's at least going to give me the courage and the clarity to speak from my heart, to demonstrate my gifts and talents better than I may have if I hadn't done that. So power. Three is purpose. Going to battle with the right firepower, one, one tool, one solid weapon is purpose. There are so many people that are purposeless. Man, but when we are aligned, when, when, we're, when we're living out our purpose, when we're really feeling that, oh my gosh, I feel unstoppable. You know, I, um, I, I have this uh, quote in my signature, uh, my email signature. It's a quote that I've lived by for a long time. Maybe you've seen it by C.S. Lewis. He says, it's not your business to succeed, but to do what is right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. And I deeply believe that that's my greatest purpose in business is to do what is right. And so when I do that, even when I'm discouraged because I've lost an opportunity, knowing that I did what was right allows me to hold my head high and it allows me to step through those challenges a lot easier. And lastly, as it relates to going to battle with the right firepower, this is my favorite one. So community, I love being around people, power. I mean, that's like, who doesn't need some more power uh, when they're going to, to, to business battle? Um, purpose, obviously being super clear, but this one is fun. Um, this one is just amazing to me because it's all about freedom. Um, John 8 says, uh, so if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Or if the sun makes you free, you're free indeed. We have the freedom to live as the men and women that God has called us to. We don't have to be ashamed of who we are. That we haven't reached some level of somebody else. That we don't do all the right things all the time. That we make mistakes. We just get the freedom to be who we are. And that's so empowering. I mean, it is such a weapon of warfare. When I can step into a situation that I'm unsure of, but I just have the freedom to be me. And I know that above all else, God says, Ryan, that is enough. This means that you have the freedom to take risks, to fail, and to make mistakes. You have the freedom to, to, to go do what you've always dreamed of. You just get to go. Hopefully you've prayed about it. Hopefully you believe it's aligned with what God's called you to, but you just get to go. You get to be. And in a world that is trying to restrict us from so many things, what a gift it is to know that I have the freedom to be the man that God has called me to.
And finally, and then I, I will touch on the bonus real quick, but finally, number four, when I think about succeeding as a Christian in business today, I need to have hope and security in challenging times. I need to know that if I'm going to step out in faith, if I'm going to have conversations about Christianity, if I'm going to post things about church or a verse or heck promoting a webinar like this, that the right people are on my side. Romans 8 says, uh, if God is for us, then who could be against us? I mean, we have a lot of enemies because of who we pledge our allegiance to. There are a lot of people that are opposed to God. But because we are committed to him, he is for us. There is no greater advocate when we go to battle. There is no greater advocate when we're in rocky and challenging times. It's just such a gift. Hope. It's not just security, but it's actual hope. You know, when I um I, I've had quite the roller coaster of a professional career. Um I, I I you know, this isn't a lot of money now necessarily, but um I broke the six-figure mark um for the first time when I was about 23 years old. Uh that was uh, just over 20 years ago. Uh, so back then, that was a lot more money than it is now. Um, but um, I, I was riding that for a long time. Um, I lost all of that. I, we lost everything. But literally, um, the four of us as a family, the clothes on our back, uh, and a few minor possessions, um, everything else we lost. Uh, and um and we've slowly built some of that back. But, you know, on that roller coaster, there are so many times uh, that you begin to doubt, um, that you begin to question, um, like, will this ever get better? Will, will the situation ever resolve itself? Like, do I, do I continue to stay this course? Like, how long can I continue on this path? I mean, I'm sure every one of you at some point has been at the edge, right? Like you're just at the breaking point. And yet a verse that many of us know so well, sometimes uh, um, I don't like some of the translations that are used for it, but uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, uh, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, sometimes uh, some translations will say um, uh, plans plans to prosper and not for evil. I don't necessarily like that because when we think prosper, we think of abundance and that's not necessarily the case. God doesn't guarantee that to happen. But, um, you know, in the business world, um, it, it is, it's so challenging uh, because um, while we're on this roller coaster, sometimes we're questioning our livelihood or we're scared for our livelihood. And I go back to the word of God and I see that God says he'll never, ever not give me what I need. That's welfare. He doesn't plan that any evil will ever overcome me. Ever. And he's going to give me a future and he's going to give me a hope. You know, if I spend the rest of my life uh, in this role, 
um, as a coach, as a consultant, um, doing what I love. And I never make, I don't know, millions of dollars or something like that. I will be so satisfied. Satisfied in this life because God's allowed me to utilize the gifts and talents that I believe he's given me to do the work that I believe he's called me to, which was what we talked about earlier. But beyond that, um, he's also given me a future and a hope. And that hope points to the book of Revelation, which says that one day God will make all things new. That no matter what battle I face, professionally, personally, or anything in between, no matter what happens, that one day God will restore it all. I won't be without anything. I'll be overwhelmed with all that he gives me. It's just, it, it's such an incredible way to see things, but it really does require us to see things differently because when we look out into the business world, we see so much financial success and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not it. When we look out to that and we're not where somebody else is, even if we're to a great level, we can always look to see that there's somebody else that's got more and that starts to kind of seep in. It's so discouraging. But when I can say, back to what I said at the very beginning, I have an advantage. You have an advantage. And that's the fact that God calls you his. And that God has promised you a future, promised you a hope. So my final four thoughts. Um, so again, reminder, right? If we're going to be successful as Christians in business today, if we're going to achieve the aim, the purpose, the desires of our hearts, we got to know our calling and our purpose and, and how that really breaks out. We need to understand the weapons that we have at our disposal when we go to battle. Even when it's good days, it's still a battle. And then we need to make sure that we have hope and security for challenging times because we're in them. Uh, even if you don't completely feel them right now, uh, over the last 18 to 24 months, you definitely have felt them. Um, and, and probably personally at, at different times previous to that. And, and I'm just going to come right out and say it. You're going to feel them again. But we can't get away from them. This world is broken. So we need to have hope and security for challenging times. But a uh, couple of practical thoughts. Uh, so four practical thoughts. Uh, if all that, um, I, I have said is true to you, or at least sounds reasonable to you. And you aren't just like, this guy's crazy. So four things. Number one, if you want to be successful as a Christian in business today, I am going to encourage you as I have encouraged myself in this last year, more than ever before in 12 months, not just like month and a week or something. I'm going to encourage you to be bold. Now there is a time and a place for you to share with somebody their need to bow the knee to Jesus. We can all agree on that. We don't need to do that all the time unless, unless God leads you to do that. Um, but I think that we need to be more outspoken about who we serve and why we do the things that we do. Not who we serve in clients, who we serve in God, not why we do our job, 
for the, for the sake of the business outcome, but why we do our job for the sake of what God has called us to. Right? Being above reproach, seeking to do right, seeking to do good, serving to the best of our ability, giving everybody that we can everything that we have, all of our effort, all of our time. We can do that. Be bold. Speak clearly. Be willing to go against the grain. When being against the grain aligns with what God says that you should be saying and doing. Trust in the fact that if you hold the line for the name of Jesus, that God will honor that. I understand how hard that is. I am not saying that, you know, be bold because I'm bold all the time. I mean, I'm outspoken and still there's times when I'm so afraid to say certain things. But I believe that's what God calls us to. And I believe that's what God honors more than anything. Again, God honoring it doesn't automatically mean he's going to make it all good and just abundantly bless you with practical gifts. But I believe that that's what God calls us to. Number two, if you're going to be bold, you must be kind. I have worked really, really hard. I'm, I'm a black and white person. You may have heard it a little bit here. Um, I used to be a lot more because that's how I like to be spoken to. Um, but that, that was hurtful to some people because I just wasn't nuanced. Uh, just very much, this is the way it is. This is the truth. This is what I'm going to say. Um, and I've learned to be more kind. Um, I, never, I never desired necessarily to hurt anybody, but I, I did. Uh, whereas now I'm always trying to put myself in somebody else's place. So funny, I can never get away from not saying this, but Stephen Covey, who I quote all the time, um, uh, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of his seven habits is seek first to understand and then be understood. Be kind enough to understand where people are coming from, why they're angry, why they're frustrated, why they're not producing, why, whatever. And then be kind. Show people who you serve by showing people what who you serve has called you to be. Go be the man and be the woman that God has called you to. I know it's not easy. And sometimes I want to punch somebody in the face. I get it. I get it. But God says, be kind. Be compassionate. Such an opportunity to do that. Number three, in, in my practical thoughts, is be curious. This kind of overlaps with that last one, but it's something that was uh, illuminated as I watched Ted Lasso uh, over the last uh, couple of years or last year, binging uh, the seasons. Um, uh, Ted Lasso said something at one point in one of the episodes. He says, be curious, not judgmental. And I think it's so interesting because um, you know, as Christians, we're, we're often uh, labeled as being very judgmental people. And I understand why people say that. I mean, if, if you're living an unholy life, if you're doing something that's sinful, we're like, we're going to say it. Um, I think there's a way to say it. And I don't think we always say it the right way. But I think there's a way to be curious about why people do the things that they do before we just outright blast them for doing wrong things, especially with our employees, with our colleagues. There are so many ways to stand in the gap 
and to be curious about why people are the way that they are. Study human behavior and psychology for any period of time, and you will be fascinated at how the how the brain works. I mean, even for the people that are not um, a living life to the glory of God, honoring God and following God, we're still created by God and they live bearing the image of God. Be curious. You never know when curiosity will ultimately open up this opportunity for you to bridge that gap and have a deeper conversation. And lastly, as practical as practical can be, if you want to be successful as a Christian, be consistent. Be consistent in what you say and what you do. Be consistent in the habits and disciplines that you have for yourself and the expectations that you have of other people. It's easy. We all know this. It's easy to hold other people to a high standard, but are you holding yourself to that same high standard? Are you working as hard as you are asking anybody else to work? I'm not asking you to work harder. Are you working as hard as anybody else that you are asking to work hard? Too often, Christians, Christians, dishonor God by not living in the way that they've asked other people to live. It's a whole idea of like, or one of the ways that Christians get called hypocrites. There's, there's many different ones, but this is one specifically. Be consistent in what you say, in what you do, in how you are, you know, um, um, appropriately, but you should be as kind to your client as you are to your uh, wife or husband. And I know that kind of sounds weird, right? But it's true. Treat them consistently. Again, one we deeply love, we hug and kiss and whatever. The client we don't do that with, but we can be consistent. Be consistent in your behavior. So succeeding as a Christian today begins by knowing what we have been called to do. It requires us to know the weapons that we have available to us to go to battle, ultimately for good, not to fight evil, but for good. It's necessary that if we're going to be successful as Christians, we, we have clarity as to the hope um, that we have and the security that we have. And then that means we have to be practical in how we live that out. That's what I got. You know, uh, um, I, I'm going to share and do more um, content on Christianity and business today because I think it's a very uh, underserved um, narrative, and which is crazy because there's so many uh, Christians all over, um, even just the, uh, the United States. Uh, so many Christians that I come across in business and surprisingly, you just you, you don't normally know that. So I'm going to try and do this a little bit more often. I'm definitely open to uh, any of y'all's feedback on topics, thoughts as it relates to Christianity and business that you may feel uh, would be helpful. Um, but I would be, you know, more than happy to, um, uh, to, to try and create some content around those things as well. Um, so it doesn't look like there's any Christians, uh, I mean, any Christians, it doesn't look like there's any questions. Um, I appreciate some of the, um, comments uh, that have been there. Actually, uh, there is one that I'll just share with everybody. 
Um, so um, Michelle here says that there is a sermon uh, called Be Curious, Not Judgmental uh, by Kenton B. Shore on YouTube. And so go check it out. I'm going to go check it out. Uh, that, that's kind of cool. Uh, Be Curious, Not Judgmental. Uh, Kenton B. Shore, it's K-E-N-T-O-N. Be sure, B-E-S-H-O-R-E. Um, so I think that that could be really cool. With that, thank you guys so much for joining. For some of you, it's dinner time, I know right now. Um, but uh, just appreciate the time. Uh, appreciate being able to just kind of share my heart a little bit on this topic and uh, definitely hope there'll be more to come. So take care, talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.